Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Running Things Considered, the number 11 sports podcast in Turkey. That's and correct. This week, we got a very special guest, a fellow podcaster. He has the number two running podcast in the world, right right behind ours. That's right. And if you're wondering where Sit and Kick is, they're, pro- they're last. You know, no they're one, no one cares where Sit and Kick is. They my direct messages. That's the only reason they're last. Yeah. We, <laughs> so... So, you know, if you're thinking about sitting kick at all, just stop. No one cares. They're irrelevant. Right. Right. Zane? 40 podcasts in Turkey and there's only 41 podcasts in Turkey. Yeah. They're last yeah. in Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So very special guest, the uh, host of the running rivals podcast, Roy Linklitter. And also he just came off a marathon PR a few weeks ago, the marathon project, a two twelve. 54 marathon. Mm-hmm. That's a lot, a long time of running. And not only that, <laughs> He has a, a, a very great career at BYU with a 754 3K PR, 1336 5K PR. Are those your peers at BYU or am, am I losing track? Oh, no, you're, you're killing it. Okay, sweet, sweet. And then the 10K PR of 28.12, also BYU. That's absolutely wild. How are you doing today, Rory? I'm doing great. I mean, just got off the holidays and on a break from training, and I'm just living large. I feel like a bum doing nothing sitting around my parents' house over the holidays. But yeah, I mean, can't complain. Just enjoying the time off. That's what I like to hear. And on that note, we can go ahead and roll that intro. We're back, baby. What episode is this? 38. 38. I, I literally, if you paid me $1 million last week, you say, I'll give you a million dollars to name what correct episode this is going to be. I wouldn't get it. I'd lose a million dollars. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when did you, you ran, was the Marathon Project last weekend? Yeah, so it's been eight days since then. It was Sunday the 20th. Okay. Yeah, because what I was saying, uh, on a break a little bit, but I used to live with one of your current teammates, Sid Vaughn, who ran 214 this weekend. And I was in Chattanooga. I just went for a hike. My back's been hurts. I haven't been running much. But I remember sitting there and I was eating like this gigantic plate of food and you guys were running and I was having like live splits come up. And I was thinking to myself, like, I'm probably eating like 2000 calories right now. It's like noon. I'm still tired. I you know, have nothing to do. And you guys are like, I told my girlfriend, I was like, Sid's probably having like nearly a heart attack right now. And I'm just like sitting and doing nothing. <laughs> Good job last week. That was a, an incredible race from like top down. Like, I don't think anybody had a bad race really. Um, I mean, the, the race organizers nailed it. Just like the course was awesome. The environment was pretty cool, even though like, obviously no spectators were allowed to come out. Like we had some volunteers on the course though. And it just like, there was a little bit of an atmosphere and just having the looped course where you could see your competitors throughout. It was just, I mean, I thought it was really well done. Uh, and I would, say that there's a place for events like it even non-pandemic years so yeah no i think it's like a like a kipchoge sort of setup just get everybody to run super fast obviously not without the spectators but you know um make it make it so you know people are able to actually run fast and like come out with solid prs because i mean what martin ran 209 the homie ian butler ran 209 um so i mean i just think it was a a great race from everybody and then sarah hall did did obviously very well uh too so i was excited to watch it i cannot imagine running for two hours i can't do it couldn't do it 
I mean, you got to build up to it. You know, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. I couldn't imagine. I remember my first time doing a long run with the BYU team. I had never gone like further than like 12 miles in high school. And they were like, oh yeah, 15 is the minimum here. And I remember like hitting a wall, like 13, 14 miles. Cause those guys rip on their long runs. And now here I am running marathons seven years later or something, yeah. six years later. So uh, it's just, I mean, what are your time, man? Like nowadays, if I'm in marathon training, it's like anywhere between like 20 and 26. Really, we we do sometimes we do one marathon in practice, like in the buildup. Uh, but you know, when I'm not training for a marathon, I usually go between like 18 and 22. So it's still really long. It's usually yeah. two hours plus. But yeah. like that's just our our team. You know, uh, we we're distance guys, so we're yeah. not those fast guys like Avery over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 put also, me... you wouldn't want to run with Avery on easy days. I can tell you that. Oh no. <laughs> I, I shuffle. No one shuffles like this guy. <laughs> I literally, my body cannot handle how slow Avery goes on easy days. Well, well be, it, it's tough because, you know, I, I'm out here just doing like, 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 like I got, I got three good days a week. You know, I do my workout days and then uh, obviously got my long run. And then, so when I'm just like, you know, hanging by a thread are the days I run with Zane. So he only sees me at my worst exclusively. <laughs> hey, slow, easy runs is the way to go. Don't ever let anyone tell you, you need to run fast on your easy days. Just Thank go out you. there and get the time on feet. Thank you. Roy. That means a lot. It does. That means a lot to me. I need to hear it sometimes. <laughs> well, anyway, so on this podcast, we're going to do something we've never done before. And you're going to kind of pick up what exactly this is going to be as we go along. But we're going to go into in some trivia questions going out. We're, 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 we're kind of combining the uh, interview portion with the speed round questions into one. And you're going to kind of see what these kind of questions are kind of leading towards. So, you know, let's just, let's just get right into it, you know, because I feel like explaining is going to be a little too difficult. Rory, you, you'll, you'll, you'll see what's going to happen. All right. Bring it. I'm ready. I think we're going to have some special sound effect music, Chris. If not, that's, that's okay. Thinking. Like when I, when Chris sent us this, you know, podcast to listen to, to get prepped for this, there was a lot of soundboard stuff. So I'm yeah, really I know. Maybe uh, we should, in need of soundboard stuff. Maybe we should bring back the soundboard. I agree. Love that should be the one investment with my Christmas money. Maybe anyway. Yeah, so maybe. if we have any, any sound effects, uh, roll them right now. Okay. All Here you go. Them. Rory, <laughs> right? Yeah, just air horns. Not air horns. Air horns Elephant noises. Yeah, farts. <laughs> anyways, anyways, Rory, here we go. Dun, dun, dun. What lifestyle change did Carl Lewis attribute his legendary 1991 track season to, where he won the 100 meters at the World Championships in 1991? Plant-based diet. Nice. Literally, that is... I, do you are you looking at the Google Doc right yeah, now? Yeah, do, do you have the Google Doc with you right now? <laughs> That's literally I, what bro, we wrote. It's literally word I, for word. I know just, this stuff. <laughs> it just says in parentheses, plant-based diet. Yeah. So you, you call that a PBD for short? Because I, I think, PBD, you know. that sounds dirty, man. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a hard drug. <laughs> Anyways. Roy, how long have you been doing this and kind of like, like walk us through the mindsets, the challenges and, you know, kind of, cause I, cause I know being in America, this is like the hardest country in the world to, to do a diet like this. And um, yeah, like, like what, what kind of been the challenges, if any? Um, 
I would say it is the hardest place to do it for a couple of reasons, but it's not at the same time. I mean, like it's pretty trendy nowadays for most like places to like offer, you know, plant-based alternative for, you know, like an impossible burger or something. There's, there's tons of options out there nowadays. As long as you're not like at a Texas roadhouse, you're probably going to be able to make it work. So I've stopped going to Texas roadhouse, which is a bit of a bummer. I don't know if you guys have that. In, I like the, on the East Coast. four ounce steak that they do. Is that the place? Uh, yeah. With the armadillo out front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's a big thing out West. And like, I mean, in Utah, like that was like BYU team would always go there pre-race stuff. I'm like, that's off the list now. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I started doing it about a year ago and I think I'm actually like coming up right up on like one year. Uh, I think I started like right after Christmas last year. Uh, and, and yeah, so it's, for me, it, it, the biggest challenge is just like, coming home for the holidays and my mom's like I don't know what vegan food is so I'm like spending for myself all this crap and that's 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 the biggest challenge is when you're uh, a burden on someone else maybe because they don't you know go through that lens for sure when I'm at home uh, or going out to eat or something like I know how to how to navigate these things now so it's pretty simple yeah and honestly I I really don't talk about this much uh either in general but also like I, i'm like a 90 90 95 plant-based as well and it's just like that that little five percent is just like when i'm home when i'm navigate like i, I don't want to be the burden of like uh because in the southeast atlanta there's not really many options and i i don't want to be that guy to be like oh we can't go to this restaurant because i don't have options you know i'd rather the town with our friends but the fact that you navigate that it's pretty good um is there anything like unexpected um that you kind of had in this diet or is it pretty much like straightforward or did you do much research, you know, whatnot? Um, I, you know, I did, I did a little bit of research, but mostly I just knew I needed like a little bit of guidance to start. So our strength and conditioning coach here at NAZ elite, uh, it has like a master's in nutrition and he basically oh, okay. told me to like start a food diary. So I started, I got this app and I put everything I ate in it and you know, like it like checks all your nutrients for you. And then we also get blood work like regularly I got blood work uh, around that same time. And then basically he just was checking my food diary and being like, well, is there anything we need to make sure we're getting or, but he was uh, very supportive that he apparently went through a vegan phase or something. He lived in Portland. It's pretty easy to be vegan yeah. in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he was supportive and, and kind of guided me at the beginning. And then I kind of just used some sort of like online resources, like uh, Rich Roll has like a meal planner and he's mm-hmm. like big on the, the vegan life and like uh so i i reached out to them and like got like a free subscription and like was just looking up recipes like all the time so i just like kind of like added to my like knowledge of recipes and like my recipe book of, of things i use at home and now it's just like i have a million ways to make a meal without using any animal product and it's just easy now when i'm making meals at home it's just it's a matter of uh you know these like weird times of the year sure. when you're visiting family or whatnot yeah yeah you should, uh, I, you should have a uh, recipe book that's true yeah uh run fast eat vegan or something I <laughs> yeah <laughs> i used to have this bracelet on until about six months ago i don't even know where i got it i had it on for about eight years and it said run fast eat well do good so you can take that and i'll take a little bit of the proceeds but you can have that okay yeah <laughs> i feel like that's too close to shalane's book i'll figure something out 
What was that? Eat fast, run slow. No, no, no. Run slow. No, run fast, eat slow, or eat slow, run slow. Yeah, I think it was. My motto. I'm like on a 95% chicken tender basis. Yeah. So, so you're eat fast, run slow. Actually, I'm doing this on top of a Domino's pizza box currently. I'm not even kidding. There you go. Walk it like you talk it. That's right. So I think you nailed that. And going on to this next question, if we have sound effects, I, I guess let's do it again. Sound yeah. good? One, two more fart sounds, please, Chris. Thank you. Thank um, you. And it says, uh, who is the athlete that PR'd by nearly 45 seconds to win the NCAA championship outdoors in 2018? Um, oh, Ben Flanagan. Yes, you do have a Google Doc open. And, and the reason we bring this up, and it may be a little tender for you, is that that was a tough race for you you got the big old goose egg dfl but but a few days later in the 5k final you in a pretty good field you 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 came back pretty well got eighth and i mean you may, may have come better but like that's just like such a turnaround from maybe the worst race of your career to a pretty respectable one no what was doubt. those mental gymnastics <laughs> going on with that <laughs> Okay, so there's a lot. There's a big story. I'll I'll try to keep it brief here. I know we're on a time crunch with these questions, but basically, I put so much pressure on that performance because the year before I was runner up to Mark Scott in the 10K. So I was like, I I've made all these unnecessary, uh, you know, pressures on myself to be like, I have to win. I was second last year. I'm the return top returner. I I I have to win. Like basically, total. And it was it was kind of an open year too. There wasn't like a clear favor, like Ben Flanagan won it and nobody even saw this dude coming. Yeah. Uh, there, like there was the Alabama Kenyans that were, were kicking booty that year. Uh, and there was a few other studs, you know, the NAU boys were good. Baxter and Day, Dylan Maggard from Utah state. Anyways, the list goes on like, but it was a wide open year. And I was like, I'm going to win this year. And then uh, the hip Rop and Chalanga take it out in like, or Keegan, one of those, those guys took it out in like 61 in a 10 K I'm like, I'm running my mile pace yeah. at the first lap of a 10 K. And I swear, like it was like a punch to the gut and 10 to 12 laps in, I just never really got like settled in again. And I started losing the group way too early. Like, and I had the five K a couple days later and I was like, I'm not even, I don't have a chance of being all American right now. Like I'm in like 12th place and I'm falling off the group and it's halfway through a 10k and so I know there's the honest effort rule but I just basically was like I could just have to save what I have left for the 5k in a couple days so I did take DFL my own team had actually kicked past me so I got last I was like dude we're both in this together like (laughs) oh man uh but and and that was Connor Mance by the way so you Connor Mance oh he's never been on the 11th best podcast in Turkey now so sorry yeah Yeah. (laughs) so uh but yeah I was DFL and then I was pretty beat up mentally more than physically, physically, obviously a little bit too, but mentally I was just like, dude, I can't believe this happened to me. My family was all there. Uh, and like, I was like super like pumped for that performance and probably, you know, the wrong mentality going in, just putting all this pressure on myself. But then, uh, the 5k, I was just like, I'm not ending my season like that. Like I'm going to end this race, like on my terms, like end this this season on my terms and be proud of what I did. So I, uh, that field was legit. Yeah. I think McGordy won Fisher was second Knight was third. Truard was fourth. Like these guys are like household names in the NCAA. These guys are crushing it at this time. Uh, and I, I remember 
it was raining in Eugene and, and it was a slow, slow pace from the, from the gun. And I got up front and started, you know, throwing in surges and like, just trying to like take the, grab the bull by the horns, you know, and, uh, ended up being in first place with like 800 to go when McGordy made his move and the dude flew around oh, me and, man. And, uh, <laughs> never looked back. And I was just trying to hold on and I held on for eight. And uh, I, I feel like that is an underrated, probably one of the best moments of my uh, college career. I know I've placed higher before, but like in that field after like that big of a low, yeah. I definitely felt like a, a victory morally. Well, that's good. Have you changed your mentality a little bit now racing? I mean, if did that 10 K maybe like sort of change your mentality of, of racing a little bit? Yeah, I would, I would say uh, just in general, I don't, I always tell myself like, it doesn't matter that much. Like at the end of the day, like you put in the work and you obviously want to run your best race and like wanted, you know, have that day where you win and all that stuff. Uh, and you can, you know, everything you dream of in training, but I just don't put so much stock in the results. I don't think about that outcome so much. Like, for example, this marathon project, obviously I had a ton on the line, but I was like, also, I know I did everything I could on the day. Like I'm going to be fine. And I ran like two or three minutes shorter, than, short of what I thought I could do on my best day, but I still ran a PR. I still gave it everything I had. And I was like, can't shake a fist at that. You just got to like, let it go. Downs that go on just even within the marathon race that can like kind of dictate the day you're having or, you know, good or bad. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you just got to kind of accept that you've done everything you could up until the race and you're going to do everything you can in the race. But if it doesn't go your way, it just doesn't go your way. That's just running. Running doesn't owe you shit. Exactly. It's my favorite thing to say to <laughs> people that, that think like they, uh, they've earned like some special performance like I didn't earn winning that NCAA title. Ben Flanagan did on the day. Running doesn't owe you anything just because you're the top returner or you have the fastest PB in the field. It's just like whatever you have on that day is whatever you have. So I like that. I agree. Jake Phelps, the legendary editor of Thrasher Magazine, uh, said the same thing about skateboarding. Same exact uh, skateboarding doesn't owe you shit. So I've always thought about that as well. So uh, well, that, that was pretty good. So so far you're two for two with questions which is it's pretty good. The, uh, you know, maybe, maybe next time we'll make this harder, but here we go. Let's, let's see if you can keep it going. All right. Next time we'll make it harder. What's the quadratic equation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pythagoras. <laughs> <laughs> um, in March, 2010, the hundred, a millionth copy of what book was printed? hundred millionth copy of what book was printed in March, 2010. Yep. And remember it's this things to do with your life and it's ain't come on don't yeah, help well, them out it's not like jungle book it's not the answer <laughs> it might be <laughs> dude i you get i'm gonna guess i'm gonna throw out a guess just because if it's if it's built around my life and i went to byu and this seems like this could be a religious text i'm I gonna say I'm going to say is Book of Mormon. Yes, Dang you it. have to Google that. Dang it. It he got it. He got it. Okay, so, and, and we got to talk about this. I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but this is this is fun for people like me and Zane. And uh, Mormons to us, we don't really see many. You know, they're just these these mythical creatures that, that wander around Utah. And that, Abraham Alvarado, we do see him. We do see Abraham Alvarado. He's yeah, my guy. He was my homie at BYU, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, uh, you you aren't Mormon, are you? 
No, I'm not. You're not Mormon. Okay, so not nice guys. You know, we, we don't want to make enemies. But let's let's make fun of some Mormons right now. All right. <laughs> you said we're not going to do that. We don't have to. We don't have to. Um, but what well, one thing I, I looked up, I didn't know you're not allowed to have facial hair at BYU. I what, what, it was never it, it was never a problem for me. I can't grow facial hair. I wish it was a problem. For me. <laughs> I, I I would give anything to be able to break that rule at BYU while I was there, but I couldn't even grow a sorry mustache for like NCAAs. Oh, yeah, stashies and nashies is a bit of a bummer if you can't even have it. Uh, oh, you can have you can have mustaches at BYU. You just can't you have, have the, the, the rule is it can't go like or over like the- The, the, the cusp of your lip? Yeah, your lips. Because like, I, I think Connor Mance is a mustache right now. He's always rocking something like that. I mean- BYU guys love their mustaches because it's all that they can grow. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think, like, what is, like, uh, if some like, I know nothing about BYU other than the fact that you can't have a beer, but you can have a mustache, um, and that you can't drink coffee or tea, which I don't drink either way, so I, I would have fit in kind of well. Um, but, um, like, what what is, like, a fun fact that, like, you didn't know going into BYU that just, like, walking around campus would be, like, so much different at, like, say, like, a University of Georgia or, you know, like, an SEC school? I mean, gosh, compared to Georgia, it's, like, night and day. I mean, I, I talked to Sid Vaughn, like we mentioned yeah. earlier, and, like, this guy had a whole different college experience than I did, obviously. He had a different college experience than me, too, and we lived together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say a couple, like, obvious differences would be there's no like greek system so like that you don't have frats or sororities there's no parties like that kind of stuff so obviously that's going to feel different but at the end of the day the, the reason why i went to BYU was to run fast and get a degree i checked both those boxes i feel like and uh, i met great people in the process and obviously like amazing teammates amazing coaches uh amazing friends made at byu and you know uh if I had had a million scholarship offers, I probably wouldn't have picked BYU, but I'm really glad that I ended up there and that it all worked out for me because I, I think it, it helped make me who I am, obviously. And, and although there's like, you know, this, this level of like, un, like, uh, I guess foreign aspect to BYU as it's so different than a lot of places. I think if your goals are to run fast and to get a good, good degree, uh, it's got to be on the top of most people's list. If, if that's your priority, it, there's sure. not many better places to do it. And, and we were talking about this too, about how maybe even just like the, the rigid lifestyle of Mormons and how it kind of, you know, cut everything, everything possibly is. Did, did, did you, that definitely uh, helped your running, you know, be more disciplined, you know, have a little more focus. Like, has that carried over to the marathon? Yeah. You think? Um, I mean, I would say like, necessarily BYU's rigid lifestyle carries over I just think runners in general are pretty rigid with their lifestyle uh and it does help obviously like you don't have kids showing up to practice on Sunday for a long run uh hung over at BYU like that's not going to happen yeah. and uh I think everyone there is like their priorities are pretty straight like not a lot of people are are like oh I don't want to go to this because there's this huge social gathering I got to go hang out with all these people I, I just think just just the nature of the school makes it so that you have, you know, 20 guys on the cross-country track team or whatever, uh, distance guys, and all of them are really dedicated to their craft and don't don't mess around too much. Yeah, well, that's cool. Um, 
Well, let's see if you truly have the Google Doc open. Um, so it says, one of the most notable titles a person can attain, BYU has produced 75 of. Do you know what that would be? One of the most noble titles. Notable. Some... Notable. Notable. And noble. Why do you call it noble? You can be not not noble, notable. I would say Olympian. Dang it! You have the Google Doc. He has the Google Doc, but how'd you get the Google Doc? (laughs) It's not like it's right in the chat. Unless these are like the easiest questions of all time. If you get this next one, I'll be very fussy. But okay. But we did. I just did want to talk about your uh, your your coach for a bit, Ed Eystone. He's kind of uh, a legendary uh, distance guy. He actually won the uh, Peachtree Road Race in 1991. I didn't even know that. I looked that up right beforehand. Um, And I guess there was also another Olympian named Guard Young. Uh, who is the gymnastics coach, and you ended up marrying uh, your wife Jill there. So um. yeah, she's yeah. Both of our coaches were Olympians. Uh, I think Guard won a medal up with the team or something. So yeah. he he accomplished a little bit more than that. But I mean, Coach Eystone never has had a real job in his life. He was a professional runner for 15 years, and then he went straight to coaching. So I mean, like, who's really winning? Yeah, I agree. I do. <laughs> uh, and his 10k PR is pretty insane. He's run Especially like, for the time. It was a collegiate yeah. American record at the time. It was yeah. 2741. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's yeah, like, I just, mean, that's fast for right now. Like, that would do well at any meet. So, oh, Coach Eyestone yeah. is insane. I always loved how whenever I felt like I did something special, he was never that impressed because <laughs> to him, everyone measures up to his standards. He's a very humble guy, uh, slightly like, I think underneath all the humility he has is he's pretty, pretty confident in who he was and how great he was. But uh, like, I remember I made my first world cross team for team Canada and he's like, Oh yeah, I made world cross uh, my freshman year too. Just like you. I was third. <laughs> you got third at world cross uh, as a junior. Like he medaled at world cross. Oh my God. Dude, chill out, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got like, 80th <laughs> <laughs> that's really good for an or for a canadian and american and all of that like yeah, I mean, that that ra- those races look insane they just are like distance is always strange the course is like always like you're just like running through a lake it seems like in the middle of like iceland and yeah it's like a, a challenge in it's in itself and like the, the, the kenyans go out there and still run like 26 minutes for a 10k <laughs> it's like it's yeah yeah <laughs> I was just going to add, like, I just recently ran, obviously, a big marathon PR. And he, of course, I talked to him pretty regularly after, like, big races like that. And he was like, yeah, I ran I ran 210 uh, back in my day, and I didn't even need magic shoes. Like, he was probably running on, like, I mean, like, Converse. he might have been wearing, yes, Converse at the time. <laughs> yeah. He was sponsored by Reebok or whatever, but That's the shoes insane. have definitely improved, and he's, like, he's legit. <laughs> wow. Well, Let's uh. <laughs> so you're four for four right now. This this last one, I, I'll be impressed if if you know what it means. So, this common metric is used to determine how much an advertisement is valued on podcast. What does CPM stand for? We got him. I have no idea. I, yeah. I, I can't do it. Connor Philip Mance. Is that his middle name? That would be great. What? <laughs> oh, CPM. <laughs> it stands for CPM. Cost per milli, which means cost per thousand, but I don't know why they use milli instead. But 
recently, obviously, you got a podcast. And I think you're also like around the exact same amount of episodes that we're at, like 38 or something. But that um, sounds about right. What, what, what started that? And, you know, walk us through the podcast game because it seems like, you know, just like yeah. I kind of got one. I think it was uh, January last year, me and uh, Matt Baxter and Nick Hogger were on a long run. And, you know, we're kind of part of the same recruiting class, if you want to call it that, as professionals. Like, we graduated around the same time. Sure. We, we ran against each other in uh, back in university, and we were all on, like, powerhouse programs. And it was just, like, we were kind of just shooting the shit and talking about, like, the good old days. And, like, we joke around a lot and, you know, mess with each other a lot. But we were also, like, really close after being teammates for a few months and we kind of just on a long run, we're just like, we should start like something like a YouTube channel or a podcast. And I just think like people would be interested in like what our lives are like as pro runners and ex collegiate athletes and all this good stuff. And we could have some fun with it. It could just be something fun we do and, and see where it takes us. And so we started it and we've had some fun guests on our podcast and got to meet through virtually obviously uh meet some new people in the running world and connect with people and and uh you know kind of grow our brand i guess as as athletes and i think it's been a fun thing to do i think i've always kind of as a sports fan and all that good jazz i've always been someone who like appreciates like a good talk show uh, i listen to like a lot of sports radio and stuff and so i feel like this was kind of like a an easy step in for me just to like be able to you know talk and uh converse about recent events and in, in running and get to know people and kind of share people's stories i think it's it's just fun it's just a hobby at this point i think so too and i, I mean i think what i've thought about doing more of is like i never like taken my phone on a run or like documented really anything like if you do a youtube channel i think it's just a way to like document your life which i think is like cool to look back on at some point when you want to do that i know avery and i have talked about it briefly um about doing something because we are neighbors and it would be not not easy but it would you know it could be something that we could do so and i think the running community in itself is growing on youtube so much that i think it would be a, a welcomed uh you know start addition different yeah i mean avery's rocking the tiktok world as a i am rocking so. the tiktok world the tiktok world rocker I'm, I'm trying to make it on TikTok. We got to collab or something i gotta Dude, get on that I'm trying that's to get some of my clout man clout chasing already <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you can bring me on the podcast. You got to like duet a TikTok. With that's me true. Yeah, that's true. That's All right. Yeah. Fair. We'll, we'll, we'll do a triplet TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you know the renegade. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. honestly don't. I mean, I know the trend, but I could not do that dance. No, I don't know any dance. I, I remember one time, if we're, we're running out of time. So this is the last story. Um, sorry. We're, we're, we're just just a little quick tidbit since you know me zane and rory are all separate and we're using zoom um we got the 40 40 minute time limit so unfortunately the podcast we have five minutes and 23 seconds left yeah uh anyways i don't even remember my story so let's just continue you were, you were at my house and we we're gonna learn to dance and it took about five years to do it and I just oh quit. we never did it that's right yeah it was a ladies it was a really yeah, yeah we couldn't do yeah, it that anyways awesome. that was a story <laughs> great story great, thank you story. thanks yeah, Rory. <laughs> we could go it actually let's use the last five minutes to talk about the a lady stance we could do this <laughs> yeah um all right so we have five minutes four minutes and 57 let's just seconds. talk really fast okay we're gonna talk really fast and we're just gonna you know, we're gonna do what we can do in the allowable time and in this year okay it says hey rtc it's ryan from syracuse shout out to syracuse who would you pick for a full cross-country contact team well 
I screwed that up. Come on, Zane. Full contact. My God. Everybody <laughs> can't read it now. It's me. Hey, RTC. It's Ryan from Syracuse. Who would you pick for a full contact cross-country team? Same scoring rules as cross-country. You can have up to 14 people on your team. You can tackle but not throw punches or anything like that. You are allowed to pin people down like in wrestling, but not allowed to grab jerseys or hair. Pick athletes across any sports. Okay. Oh, across any sports. We're just going to do runners. This is a running podcast. So – I mean, just, you want runners. You want runners because at the end, it's still a race. Yeah, it's uh, still a race. And I think you honestly might not be able to do much more than just some shoulder checking and maybe like a trip or something. It could get nasty, but I don't think I, – I still think endurance tr- trumps all other uh, attributes in this race. So you just want big, fast guys. Big, brilliant so brides. I'm, I'm going to bring in Abe Alvarado. He's okay. Okay. I, I would, I would want to bump elbows with him. That's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. I got Abe on my team. I'm just going to basically comprise this of people I know because I, I got to trust my boys. It's contact. Like they got to have my back. I'm on the team, by the way. I'm team captain. Okay. I'm, not, I'm oh. team captain. Uh, <laughs> the captain doesn't get hit. Yeah. It's like, I mean, like the they're basically snitch. protecting me and I'm yeah. getting to the line first. I'm, I'm the low stick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm bringing in, uh, let's add, Let's add another BYU guy. There's a guy back in my day, 1500 meter runner, all American, Chase Horrocks. The dude was like a buck 80. He had some endurance and he was tall and I wouldn't want to bump with him. Uh, I'm going to throw some legends in here. Again, I want size, reaches everything in this. Andy Weeding, all American cross country runner. I mean, like this guy was like huge. So keep him in there. Yeah, he's Zelensky. Oh, don't take all my picks, dude. (laughs) <laughs> I say Solinsky anyways. That guy was huge too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, I'm just going to – I got to do one more because we'll just do five scores. Yes. So uh, here it's got to be a steeplechase or someone scrappy. Let's go oh, – never mind, Lopez Lamont. All right. <laughs> there were those two steeplechasers who got in a fight right after the steeplechase years ago at the Diamond League. It was probably Al Bacali or something. He was great. Anyways, I remember what it was. I remember that happening. That was crazy. Yeah, I think for me, I would do Craig Mottram. He's a huge Australian guy, sub thirteen in the five k. He's like one of the greatest runners ever. There's like a little documentary about him if you guys want to go look. Robert Brandt from Georgetown. He's big. I think he's a good. Oh, and he's fast. Great pick. Great pick. And he's talking a lot of smack lately. I looked at the (laughs) list run boards. Um, also the 158, 800 meter runner in high school, Wilt Chamberlain is going to be on the team. Wilt Chamberlain. Chris Solinsky, obviously. And Don Cardong, he, Don Cardong, I don't know how you want to say his name from, you know, the, the legendary running era. I think he was about six, four and he ran two ten or so in the marathon. Um, you have 90 seconds, Avery. Let's knock this out. All right. I, I, I just got, I got one guy on my team, one guy on the other. I got Peter Sufer. All right. <laughs> yes, this guy's great. This guy's built great. like a, like a dump like a truck. All right. <laughs> yeah, and he'll go out for you. He'll, he'll go out for you. He, he'll, he'll toughen it out. He can take hits. No one can take hits like this guy can. Yeah. Peter Sufer. He got like fourth at third or fourth at the, uh, the cross championships, uh, 2019. I think he was fourth. Yeah. Fourth. Yeah. 2019. And he's, he's, yeah, he's, he can withstand a lot of pain as well. He, he can withstand a lot of pain as well. And he's just going to body everybody. There's no chance. And I'm also going to say my teammate, Nahum Solomon, because although he's big, he's not, he's not that he's, he's pretty big. And he's also very angry, tall and angry, he's angry. And he has a big head and yeah. he's listening to it because you have a gigantic head. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the reach. He's got the reach. He's got the reach. Well, we have less than one minute left. 
Plug the number very quickly. Uh, if you want to call in, text, call a question, 646-780-9218. Thank you so much, Rory, coming on. This was, I think, a great podcast. I think this was an absolute this great success. Helped me uh, get back into the podcast mindset because it, it does get a uh, little bit. That's right, mixing things up. As Gucci Mane always yes. says, always keep them guessing. And that's Gucci what I live Mane by. Guessing. All right. Thank Gucci. you so much, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Stop it. You stop it. I don't trust you. All right.